0: Welcome to the American Patchwork and Quilting Podcast, sponsored by Moda Fabrics, Baby Lock, The Electric Quilt Company, and Northcott. We have a terrific show filled with tips and tricks for you today. So let's get to it. Here's your host, Pat Sloan. Welcome to American Patchwork and Quilting's podcast. I am Pat Sloan, and this is always a wonderful day, Mondays, when I record my show. I am really excited because I am delighted, delighted to meet Marcy Debutaz of Marcy Girl Designs. She hosts some really fun projects. One of them is called a finish along and like who does not need to finish things and need encouragement. So once I saw that, I was like, who is Marcy? And we're going to meet her now. Hi, Marcy. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. You know, it's funny how just one little word, finish, can mean so much to people. Did you ever think that? Um, not until hosting the long. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's like a magical word, finished. Um, you know, one of the things, Marcy, that, that you and I chatted about prior was, you know, how we started sewing. And uh, you, you started sewing for your Barbies.
1: Oh, absolutely. Um, I can remember seven or eight years old, and I wanted to be the fashion designer, (laughs) and all of my mom's scraps were turned into Barbie clothes, and
0: I think the love of sewing grew there. Great. Did you actually sketch out designs? I used to do that. I had, like, a little notebook, and I would, like, draw out dresses.
1: I believe so. That's kind of fuzzy now, but um, (laughs) it was a long time ago. I can remember doing that, and I also remember, um, like, tracing the Barbie's bodies and then thinking I could just cut that shape and it would make the (laughs) clothes.
0: Of course. That makes sense, right? Right. (laughs) Right. Mm -hmm. So how did you discover quilt making? About
1: 11 or 12 years ago when my, well, when I was pregnant for my first son, um, you know, the urge, the nesting urge, and <laughs> I guess I caught the bug to, to make the baby quilt. And once I had done that, I think it was just the passion reunited and it was so nice to, have something that we could use and enjoy and it just grew from
0: there. Now you did some sewing of finished goods for a little while.
1: I did around that same time um sleeping babies yield a lot of downtime <laughs> and I was a stay-at-home mom so uh-huh. I had the idea of, oh, I'm going to make all these handbags and and goods and sell them. And for a while, I had an Etsy shop, and it did fairly well. And then by the time I was pregnant with my second son, I was like, well, maybe it's time to close up shop for Mm -hmm. his impending birth. Mm -hmm. And then it never reopened
0: because (laughs) two kids take up so much time. That's right, they were no longer sleeping. There was no sleep time anymore, right? Right. So, you know, you, you were telling me that one of the um, the the things that you liked to do when you were sewing was discover friends on Flickr. Back when Flickr was amazing, uh, what did you do there?
1: Um, I don't even remember how I got started on Flickr or even how I found it, okay through blogs and just the word of the Internet. But um I want to say I signed up or caught word of the quilting bee community and mm-hmm. signed up for a lot, fast. And I think I was on four or five different quilting bees, and those were all the format where you made two blocks a month and you sent them to each
0: other, and then by the oh. end of the year you had a finished quilt. Mm -hmm. Those were very fun. They were really great uh, friendship builders.
1: Oh, absolutely. Um, I met ladies at that point that I can say are truly friends today. Um, Mm -hmm. A a pretty large group, and it's kind of amazing the community that's out there and the friendships
0: that can form. So I really want you to tell me all about your finish alongs because – it, you know, that is, you know, in my large, I have a pretty large community of quilters, and everybody wants to finish. And it's, you know, but the motivation or, you know, different things happen, and the finishes don't come as, as, you know, fast as a lot of people would like. How, what is your finish long? How did it start? Okay, well, back in 2012,
1: Rhonda of Rhonda's Rambling, she had the initial idea, and she came up with the concept of four times a year, everyone would create their list of unfinished projects or WIPs, WIPs, Works in Progress, mm-hmm. and we would link them up. And you could link up as many as you wanted. There's no penalty. Um, you can have a mm-hmm. list a mile along. Mm-hmm. And from there, you would work on these projects for three months. And then at the end of three months, you would link up, pictures, a blog post of your mm-hmm. finished work, and she had lined up sponsors, and you could win a prize. Mm-hmm. And so I started playing along right at the beginning, and it's perfect for me because I'm a serial starter and <laughs> rarely a finisher, <laughs> um, So I played along every year since then, and then in 2017, I was asked to be a host. And Mm -hmm. by that point, the finish along had grown pretty large, and they had multiple hosts in every year. And then the year after that, 2018, and then this year, um, I've been kind of the head host, I should say. And Mm -hmm. I've been working on it with um, Sandra, who blogs at Studio. so of course. And she and I kind of everything and encourage everyone to play along, and um,
0: it's really a um, a great community. So, when uh, what can people do this if they don't have a blog?
1: Yes, you can link up via Flickr, so you can just post a picture with a description underneath. And it's kind of like the same for your list. You can kind of create a list um, on Flickr, and you can use Instagram. The same concept: picture mm-hmm. with words underneath, and um, basically with those three, you can play along.
0: Yeah, so it's 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 not too hard to share the picture then, as long as you put it on a platform that you guys are, are using, uh, which right. know, a lot of yeah a lot of people have. A lot of people haven't used Flickr for a long time, but a lot of people are now using Instagram. So that's good. you got options. Um, right. So when when you start each year, do you personally make your own list? Oh, absolutely. Um, every year I have a list. Sadly,
1: that list usually carries over to each quarter because I rarely do finish anything. Oh. Um there there's no for anyone playing along, there's no penalty i mean your the same quilt can stay on the list for years, which some of mine unfortunately have yeah um but it's also a really good motivator to get it done
0: mm-hmm. um, yeah, i th- I think lists are good because it makes you think about it, even if you think, well, I don't really want to work on this year, but it's you know work on that quilt this year, but it's sitting there waiting.
1: Right. Some some of our, um I guess members is not the word, but some of those that play along have crazy lists, <laughs> you know, 50, 60, 70 projects, mm-hmm. and there's nothing wrong with that, and it's a great way to keep track of everything and also kind of keep things, I guess, in check. Like, okay,
0: maybe I actually should finish some of these before I start something shiny and new. Right. Yeah, the new is always very alluring. You know, it's like, oh, you know, I start new stuff too. It's like I want to start a new thing. I don't want to finish an old thing. Absolutely. So so tell me again how often you put out a prompt or an encouragement. Is it once a month? We uh, are four times a year. So we started
1: our first quarter in January, and we are about to wrap up that first quarter. And the great thing that we have is it's every quarter is brand new. So if you miss the first quarter, you can join us for the second. And so our second quarter starts on April 10th, and you have about nine days to link up your list of unfinished projects. So this can be um, quill it can be handwork it can be um crochet knitting pretty much anything that falls falls into the i guess fiber art mhm we, but we do try to link you know keep it to those things like we don't want um someone painting a house and linking up
0: right. that project. <laughs> yeah keep it um, to your hob your hobby uh crafts kind of thing
1: right right and we do we have we have a set of rules and so this year we have 13 guests our our hosts this year and each one of those hosts have all the rules all the dates all the information on their blog so if you don't visit mine you can visit someone else's and you can find all of that information is available and when you link up your list, you just make one list, you link it up um, via our blog post,
2: mm-hmm. and it
1: goes to all the blogs,
0: so it's cross platform. And then yeah. you have three months to work on the project. Three months, yeah, that's good. That's a really good time frame. You know, we have about a minute, Marcy. What is one of your biggest tips you tell people?
1: Um, don't be afraid to play and try new things. I am, um, I was so terrified when everyone started talking about using glue, Elmer's glue, Emerald's glue. No, I mm-hmm. didn't want to do that. And then when I did try it for the first time, I thought, why did I hold out on this so long? It's such a great thing.
0: Um, so try it. What's it going to hurt? It's just fabrics right exactly it's just fabric oh this has been so great marcy i just really love the whole project and uh how easy and simple you've made it for everybody thank you for being here
1: thank you so much for having
0: me and you can go to marcygirldesigns.com and find out all this information that we've just been talking about we'll be right back
3: Moda Fabrics started in 1975 as United Notions. Today Moda Fabrics leads the way with innovative fabrics designed in-house and by many of the industry's most popular designers and creative talents. As for United Notions, it continues to distribute the very best notions, books, patterns, and supplies available. Moda Fabrics and Supplies is what you may hear them go by now, but they still have the same great products and customer service they've had for more than 40 years. Visit ModaFabrics.com or your local quilt shop to see the latest in fabric and Notion.
4: Want to design your own quilts? Now you can with Electric Quilt 8 software. Design quilts, blocks, and import your favorite fabrics. Or use any of the thousands of designs in the library. Podcast listeners, take 20% off your purchase through May 31, 2019 with code PODEQ8. That's P O D E Q 8. Get more info at electricquilt.com/apq.
0: Welcome back to American Patchwork and Quilting's podcast. I'm Pat Sloan. I have followed Carol Shaw's work for a long time. I love her quilts. I love how vibrant they are. Her use of color is outstanding. And I thought, you know what? It's time. It's time to get Carol on here. So we managed to find out when she could be available. And Carol, thank you for joining me.
5: Well, thank you so much for the invitation, Pat. And uh, I am equally a fan on my side, so wow. I'm excited to be here. You know, you have
0: amazing color sense and deep, rich color. Have you always worked with color like you do now?
5: Uh, no, I have not. I've been quilting for almost 30 years now, and when I look back, at my very early days, the quilt I have photos of, mm-hmm. I spent a lot of time exploring black and white with very minimal amounts of color. So the contrast, the values were extreme, very dark darks and very bright whites. Mm-hmm. But uh, I didn't start to really introduce color until I moved to Florida. And I think the uh, sunshine kind of just changed my eyes somehow <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know environments have a way of doing that you you know you go somewhere and all of a sudden you're like oh that is great and if you move you know there i imagine it just must you must absorb it just into every pore uh, everything that's going on you know I Carol,
5: that's true <laughs> when
0: you know when did when did you first
5: make a quilt Oh, uh, almost 30 years ago, I uh, woke up one day and decided to make quilts for my nieces and nephews. I don't have children of my own. They are my children, the nieces and nephews, and now they're children. (laughs) But I didn't sew. I didn't own a sewing machine. I knew nothing about quilting. It was just an idea that popped in my head and my heart. And uh, so I went off to the library, gathered up as many (laughs) books as I could find, Mm -hmm. went to Joanne Fabrics. Uh, I didn't even know any quilters at that time, Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. I just started. And uh, one of the publications that helped me tremendously was Quilters Newsletter Magazine. Ah. Uh, And those of us who have been quilting a while Mm -hmm. know how valuable all those patterns and instructions were. It was a wonderful resource. You know, I just think it's
0: it's so uh, interesting that you just had this idea that you didn't, um, you know, there wasn't any, like, you, when you think back, was there something that happened that you
5: saw a quilt or anything? Um, well, I did see one very small tied quilt that a uh, relative, and in-law, had mm-hmm. made for one of my nephews when he was a tiny child, mm-hmm. but uh... that didn't have a huge impact on me i don't think it was that quilt because i i didn't even remember i i actually had it for a long time i think it was just i don't know quilting must have just been in the air or maybe i saw <laughs> something in a magazine mm-hmm. who knows
0: right. <laughs> it was floating through the air i love that okay this everybody, yes. can, everybody can grab it <laughs> just grab onto it and, and then go yes. buy a machine right <laughs> oh. You know, how long have you been teaching quilt making now?
5: Well, uh, about 15 years ago, I taught uh, art quilting techniques. So there was a lot of improvisation and some surface design techniques as well. But then I stopped teaching for a long time. But I started teaching modern quilting about five years ago when I moved to Florida and I co-founded a – a guild here, the Sarasota Modern Quilt Guild, and, uh, you know, gathered a new community of quilters around myself. Uh, And then I did uh, some demos for the guild, and they said, oh, can you make this a workshop? Can you do a pattern? And off I went. With that encouragement, uh, I started uh, really focusing on making a profession uh, out of designing quilts and teaching quilting, and I love doing it.
0: Yeah, you have also uh, written several books now. Uh, you've really, you know, and, and your your um, your style or your angle now, I guess, might be modern quilts.
5: Yes, I, I very rarely make an art quilt anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, there have just been a few special occasions uh, that I've made some over the past five or six years, but uh, 95% of my time is focused on modern quilts, uh, understanding the design aesthetic, uh, and pushing it uh, as well from my perspective because modern quilting is evolving and changing uh, every day. So uh, it's it's a living, breathing uh, part of the quilt world, and I'm excited to be part of it.
0: You know, you have an interest in modern art itself, not quilt making, but the modern art. How do you feel that has uh, impacted or
5: uh, made your aesthetic that you're doing in your quilts? Well, Pat, I think that's a great question. And when I think back, you know, all my adult life, I've spent time in museums in New York and Washington and Philadelphia, wherever I was traveling. Uh, looking primarily at 20th century painting, because that was my primary interest. Mm-hmm. And I was always drawn to painters who were exploring, uh, deeply exploring color, uh, rather than representational art. It was the abstract mm-hmm. expressionists, it was the color field painters, uh, it, the Bauhaus uh, textile artists, actually, not just painters. Mm-hmm. So lots of different... Uh, uh, areas of modern art have always been close to my heart and I didn't think you know that I would ever be a painter uh, you mm-hmm. know like many of us I had played with paints and and so forth but I think it was just the way of playing with color mm-hmm. and uh, but when I moved into making quilts I thought ah fabric that's yeah. my palette <laughs> and, that's your paint uh, So uh, I just plunged into it, and when I made my first modern quilts, uh, I was using gray and uh, to some extent white, but but grays Mm -hmm. as my negative space color,
2: Mm, and then throwing
5: in more color on top of it, uh, Mm -hmm. mainly in prints. I wasn't so drawn to solid fabrics initially. Mm -hmm. But um, then I discovered ombre fabrics that were really rich hues, really deep colors, and that's when I thought, oh, this is my world. This is where I want (laughs) to be. (laughs) You you found your home. (laughs) I did. I did. And every time I I make a minimalist quilt, meaning, Mm -hmm. you know, two colors or, you know. In fact, I just recently made a black and white quilt. Uh, black-and-white prints, lots of solid black, and tons of just solid white. And actually, it won a ribbon at uh, Quilt Fest uh, in uh, uh, Lancaster. So I was really quite thrilled and surprised by that. But I I made that quilt as a challenge to myself because my go-to is to pile up as many colors on the table as I possibly can In terms of fabric, and I thought, no, I'm going to be disciplined. I'm going to make a black and white quilt, and it was tough. It was tough. tough. Yeah,
0: if you're (laughs) I can understand that because if you're working in a certain palette, and then all of a sudden you totally change, it is hard. Your brain has to adjust to. Oh yes. (laughs) You know, you're like what I want to throw some pink or red or purple in there. I know.
5: And they kept creeping up on the table, and then oh. I would pull it off and say, "No, no." And in fact, even with the black and white prints, I made I made a couple of test blocks for this particular mm-hmm. quilt, and realized I had too many black and white prints in it. That I, re- if I was going to go minimalist, I needed to pull some stuff out. So I did, and and I was very I was very pleased with the end result. And uh, apparently the judges at that show were, too.
0: <laughs> yeah, you were very disciplined on that one, it sounds like. Uh, really... It was hard. Yeah. <laughs>
5: uh, it was hard. <laughs> it, yes, it was hard, but I but I actually enjoyed it. And uh, I'm sure I'll come back to black and white, because that's, you know, 20 years ago, I was deeply into black and white quilts. Uh, so I think I'm kind of coming back full circle, in a sense, and exploring those possibilities uh but then i'll always have to make a very vibrant maximalist color quilt after i make the black and white one
0: (laughs) you know when you use a lot of colors carol will you also have a resting space like you know whites or grays or will you keep it very colorful
5: um sometimes i have had a resting space but more and more frequently if i do have that space It's equally as vibrantly colored. For example, I have a quilt that I've almost finished. It's on the design wall right now uh, with tons of color. And my negative space is a really, really deep yellow. It's uh, Mm. uh, Kona papaya, which is Mm. almost the color of cheddar cheese, actually. It's a gorgeous color. But that's my negative space color. Mm -hmm. And uh, so... I'm finding that when I have maximal color, I love the challenge of using a deep, rich color. It tends to be a yellow, interestingly enough. Right now, that could change. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> some shade of yellow, but not a pale yellow, not a pastel yellow. It's usually a right. richer, rich. and it's not a gold. It's it's really true yellow. Uh, but you know that's the challenge because then you've got to look at a change of value because one of the of the uh, things we value in modern quilting is contrast you know light medium mm-hmm. and dark we mm-hmm. can see a range of values in the surface of the quilt the top and when you're doing maximalism it's harder to achieve that change of value to get that light medium and dark sometimes i get it achieve it with the prints that I use that have light, mm-hmm. medium, and dark sections in the prints themselves, uh, but it's, it's more challenging in terms of a design challenge, and, uh, and I like things that challenge me. It's more fun. It's more
0: fun. It really is. It's when you have time to play like that, and you can develop. Yes. It's, a, it's an amazing feeling, uh, to get it to get it right you know when you know yourself hey i got it so carol and you have we, to be willing have... to
5: let go, go of things that don't work right to say oh, that's not working that's figure right. out why can i change it or do i need to just put that in the scrap bin and start again
0: we have about 30 seconds carol what is one of
5: your top classes that you teach the mid-century modern curve is the workshop that's number 1 followed by Parisian curve that would be number 2. So both are improv curve classes and lots of improvisation and fun.
0: Oh, they sound they sound great. I would love to do that. That would be I would just love to hang out with you, Carol. Like, Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to tell everybody visit Carol at her website carol with an e, lyle shaw lyle shaw uh, @.com you can get the link at my website carol this has been so much fun thank you thank you thank you pat do
3: you want to learn something new solve a sewing problem, or simply be inspired to start a new project, Moda Fabrics is here to help and it won't cost you a thing. Visit modafabrics.com for free patterns, computer wallpapers, sewing tips and reference guides, and fun sewing printables. You can even find coordinating Moda Bella solids or fill threads and hex values to any image uploaded with the new palette builder tool. Visit ModaFabrics.com and click on Free and Fun to find all this and more. And for free and fun right in your social feed, follow Moda Fabrics on Instagram.
0: Welcome back to American Patrick and Quilting's podcast. I am Pat Sloan. I love when I find a quilt maker whose patterns and designs and photography and colors, all of it, just grab me. And I look at it and think, oh, my goodness, I just think that's incredible. I want to to make that. I want to try that. I want to see more of what she's doing. And that's what happened when I saw Shannon Fraser's designs. I was really smitten would be the best word, and I am delighted, Shannon, that you could join me. Thanks for being here. Thank you so much for having me, Pat. That's a great way. It's smitten. I love that word. Yes, I love that word, too. It's a fun (laughs) word. Um, So you told me when we were chatting back and forth that uh, you, you learned to sew or you started doing all this to bring more creativity
6: back into your life. What was going on? So at the time that I started quilting, um, actually, when I started sewing, I hadn't sewn since home ec in high school. So that was many, many years. I won't, <laughs> I won't <laughs> say exactly how many. Um, and I found myself on a break. I'd been working in the corporate world for a really long time and working really long days. And I just needed something that was fun, colorful, something that I could just let loose and tap into another side of my brain. Mm-hmm. And so I just started sewing. Um, I started with um, these little bags that I made at Christmas time for my family, um, okay. these stockings. They're more bags than stockings because we're pretty heavy with the um, stocking stuffer loot. Um, <laughs> but that's basically how I how I got into sewing. And then it was um, a YouTube video showing how to do half-square triangles that turned me on to quilting. I love that
0: part, like half-square triangles. I think you're the first person who's told me yeah. that you started quilting to make half-square triangles.
6: Yeah, I, I love it. I was like, you get to pair different fabrics together, different colors, and you make a, a fun block, and you can join those to make I – was, I was smitten.
0: Yes, that's right, that's right. What, tell me what your current type of
6: quilts look like.
0: Describe what you're making now.
6: Um, I would say my, my quilts are, first off, very colourful. Um, I mm-hmm. tend to use very bold colours, and I, I tend to pair the bold colours with a bold and graphic pattern design. Mm-hmm. Um, some of them will have more negative space than others, but basically the, the common theme throughout all of them is really bold, colourful and graphic. Uh, with a touch of movement to them, there's something about seeing having your eye move throughout a quilt. Uh, based off of the the, the inherent design of the, the quilt that I find very interesting as well. Yeah. Are your blocks a little bit more upsized as well? Yeah, they tend to be. I have some that are a little bit, you know, smaller or more traditional, if you will, but I do tend to like like larger designs, um You know, bigger blocks, so it also Mm -hmm. comes together a little bit more quickly. But I do still uh, some of my patterns still include some intricate design, like my plus infinity quilt that I'm I'm thinking of. It's uh, it's just a plus sign, um, but I play on scale with that one. So it's it's a plus on a plus on a plus, and it kind of keeps blowing up in terms of the size of the plus. Yeah. So for me, it's fun to. Yeah. Well, I think it's fun to uh, play both with the color and the scale. So would
0: you call your quilts more
6: modern than traditional? I would definitely say I, I lean on the modern side more so than the traditional, but I would say that traditional styles still in, inform some of my quilt decisions.
0: Mhm. Yeah. it's and you have you like prints so that is really nice for me as a person who loves prints you know I can really see myself making your quilts because you show quilts done with prints and with you know more tonals um so there you you also do improv work so that's an like another type of work that you do yeah so I guess
6: I've I don't know if other quilters are like this, but I feel like I've got two two creative channels that I I go into when I'm quilting. One is more like I've got a pattern, I'm following my pattern, and, you know, I kind of know my game plan start to finish. And then once I've done a pattern-driven quilt, I tend to then go into an improv uh, quilt. And a lot of the times I use the scraps left over from my patterned quilt, to inform and kind of guide me into my improv quilt ah well that's kind of fun that you
0: have that what you've been working on and inspired by then you just take
6: it and continue on with another style yeah exactly and it's um, they, they, they appeal to me in different ways. I mean, you know what it's like to follow a pattern. It's very, it's straightforward, right? You don't necessarily mm-hmm. have to think. Or, I mean, you, you're focusing more on the piecing and following the right. instructions. Whereas when you get into improv, it's it's um, carte blanche, right? You can pretty mm-hmm. much do whatever you want in terms of what direction you want to go in, what um, what um, fabrics you want to use, whether you want to focus more on prints or on solids. Um, And what I find fun is that you're left with these weird shapes after you've um, finished a quilt. So you've got these different um, shapes and styles of fabric scraps. And it's those weird shapes that I find oddly inspiring because it's like, well, what am I going to do with this? And that's part of the challenge, right? But it's also the creative challenge of figuring out how do I make something out of this oddly shaped scrap?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Sometime I should send you, I take a photo of this old quilt I have where they had the odd shapes like, like, and then they would just applique behind it in this antique Ooh. quilt. So it was kind of improvish, but not. <laughs> but it sounds pretty. It is. It's interesting. The quilt's, the quilts very funky. It's got a lot of interesting stuff in it. How did you discover improv? I mean, what were you doing that all of a sudden you're like, oh, there's this other kind of quilt?
6: I, must, I, I don't really know exactly where I stumbled upon improv quilting. It must have been somewhere on, intro, on um, Instagram or Pinterest. Um, when I really started to dig into it, the names that come to mind are um, Sherry Lynn Wood uh, and uh, Cheryl Arkason. Um Those are two names that kind of stick out to me when I think of improv. Um, but when I started doing improv, Pat, I, was, I hadn't even been quilting a year. Uh, I had just recently joined um, the Montreal Modern Quilt Guild, Mm -hmm. and I was at, I think, maybe my third meeting, and they had some scraps (laughs) left over from a uh, charity challenge they had done in the fall. And they were like, does anybody want to take these home and do something with them? And I thought, Mm -hmm. sure, okay, I'm game, I'll take them home. Um, and I just I, – that's where it all started for me. I, I had these scraps that had been pre-cut. A lot of them had been pre-cut into um, various width strips. Mm-hmm. And so I just started piecing them together. And then I'd piece, and then I'd kind of cut them up. And then, um, and then with the larger pieces of scraps, I just started to fit them together. So it was almost like um, a puzzle for me is how do I take all of these various scraps of different sizes and colors – and find a way to make the best use of them and turn them into a quilt that is fun and looks good. So when you're building these, are, are you
0: saving some of these scraps for a while to work on them as you get enough, or do you build them as
6: you go? So it, uh, it depends. So most of the time, um, my scraps are left over from a project, right? So either mm-hmm. I've bought too much fabric or I have really big um, scrap pieces left over. So those I t- tend to keep um, in a Ziploc bag kind of all together until I have time to come back to them. Other times, um, I do have like just regular scrap bins where, you know, other projects that I'm working on or after a test, after I've done a lot of testing for a current pattern, I'll mm-hmm. just toss those scraps into a bin. And so there are uh, improv projects where I'll go in and just take a handful of scraps and figure out, okay, wh- what can I make of these? So there's different ways that I challenge myself, I guess, with improv. And for me, improv is about Kind of coming back in and retuning in with my my instincts.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
6: Yeah. So and so it, you play with it
0: then. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So do you actually make full quilts out of this, or do you just make blocks and then eventually they do you do
6: something? So I've done I've done a mix of, of both. The first one that I I did with the the scraps that I got from the um, Montreal Modern Quilt Guild. Um, I created that, I built that into, I think it was a twin-size quilt that we then donated to a local uh, women's shelter.
2: Mm-hmm.
6: Um, I've done others where I start off doing just blocks, and then I piece those blocks together into a larger quilt. I did that, um, it's called my 100-day project quilt. Ah. Um, and then other ones, I've, I've kept them as minis or as just blocks that I've, right. I've been framing. So like a mini art quilt, if right. you will. Right,
0: and there, your one uh, that is really lovely is how do was it called the Mondrian?
6: The Mondrian, yeah. Oh, the, Mondrian. So that that's the the same one I'm talking to you about. That that was my first improv. Ah. That's the the output of of my first ever improv session with those those scraps. They were um it was a Michael Miller um Quillcon charity challenge. I don't mm-hmm. know if you. I think it was tw- the mm-hmm. 2015. Um, year, and so those were the scraps that they had left over. And I just went to town and had so much fun figuring out how to make something out of these scraps. I mean, that's, you know, a cool thing. There's always a lot of byproduct, right? There's batting yes. scraps that are left over. There's thread, There's And so it's fun to kind of think outside the box and find ways to use those up.
0: Yeah. So let me switch gears on you. Tell me. What makes you the happiest? What makes your heart sing about quilt making? <laughs> <laughs>
6: um, <laughs> I would. Say, there's so many things, Pat. I, I would say first off is color. I mean, color, I think it just makes me happy. I think seeing mm-hmm. colors um, really brings me joy. Um, uh-huh but then being able to mix those colors together, pairing them, seeing how they play off of one another. Um, but honestly, Pat, the entire quilt-making process, with the exception of maybe basting, which is really <laughs> something I'm still working on trying to enjoy. Um, but honestly, I, I really I enjoy the process of quilting. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm happy, you know, there's, um, there's enjoyment to be found at each of the stages. Mm -hmm. And I'm really trying to enjoy each of those stages and not just rush through making my quilt.
0: Yeah, I I love that, Shannon. It's so true. People will rush, rush to get it finished or rush to get to the next part. And then you don't enjoy any of the process. It's always just sort of like being on a treadmill then. It's like, oh, you know. That's right.
2: Yeah.
6: Yeah, And it's nice to slow down and, and, you know, actually really think through and enjoy and be in the moment. Mm-hmm. which is, is tough for us, I think. I think a lot of us have a hard time just being in the moment. Yeah, yeah, we do. We, we're,
0: we're, our brains are doing 800 things at once, and this is just one of them. And so, right. yeah. Right. <laughs> well, at least mine is. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Okay, so I have, to, I have to ask you before we wrap up, you have the most gorgeous photography. Do you have a photography <gasps> background, a graphics art background?
6: I mean, you just do beautiful work. That is so sweet of you. No, I, I am 100% self-taught. I just picked up a camera and started shooting and tried to figure out what I was doing along the way. And, and I mean, I've certainly seen my photography improve, um, but it was actually something on my 2019 goal is to try and take a class to actually understand a little bit more the, um, the theory behind how to get the light and the exposure right and all that.
0: Well, you do gorgeous if- layouts, which is one of the other things that just caught my eye besides your your actual quilts and the colors and what you're doing is just how you present them is beautiful, Shannon.
6: Thank you so much, Pat. That's really really nice of you. Yeah.
0: And lovely to be here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I want to come hang out with you. It's like everybody today is like, I want to come hang out with you. Find all
6: you new friends today. Um, I is- I know. Well, that's the challenge, right? Is with yeah. I mean, as wonderful as social media is, right? Because we get to meet like meet people. I say mm-hmm. that in quotes, um, right. but then it makes you want to meet them in real life, right? That's
0: right. Well, Shannon, this has been delightful. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me,
6: Pat.
4: beginning. Design your next quilt like the pros. Quilt designers Nancy Mahoney and Alice Blythe both use Electric Quilt 8 software to design their gorgeous quilts and you can too. Get EQ8 and start designing just minutes after you purchase. Podcast listeners take 20% off through May 31st 2019 with code PODEQ8. That's P-O-D-E-Q-8. Get more info at electricquilt.com slash APQ.
0: Welcome back to American Patchwork and Quilting's podcast. I am Pat Sloan. It's been a little while since I've talked to Kelly Fannin, and she has been creating amazing projects in between. And one of them just made me stop in my tracks when I saw it. And so I thought, okay, Kelly's coming back on here and telling me all about this. Kelly, thank you for being here.
7: Thanks for having me on, Pat.
0: You know, I was at Quilt Market, and I saw your space shuttle quilt, and literally, I came around the corner over to the Riley Blake area. It was just like, who did that? Oh, I know who did that. I can just tell. Everybody can tell your look, uh, Kelly. That's so exciting. That's
7: a huge compliment coming from you.
0: Yeah, you, uh, you're, a lot of your quilts, not all of your quilts, but there is a, a, a style. One of the styles you work in are, you know, multiple size blocks and sampler format that create images. People might be aware of your giant sewing machine that you did for Riley Blake. And then I think your patterns smaller scale, right?
7: Right. I did, two. I actually did one. They wanted one for one of their booths that they had a certain size they needed to fill. Mm-hmm. And so that was the smaller one, Stitch Happens kind of a wall hanging and Mm -hmm. then they wanted one for quilt con for a larger space Ah, and so then that's where the so big or go home came from they wanted it to be (laughs) giant fairly large so that's kind (laughs) of last size
0: yes (laughs) well the quilt that i came around the space shuttle is called one giant stitch i mean your names are incredible you just have They're just perfect. Uh, So tell me, there is a story behind One Giant Stitch, and it just feels like a dream come true.
7: It is kind of. I always wanted to see a space shuttle um, launch, Mm -hmm. and I was kind of sad when they stopped the program. And now my son is 12, and we had just gone to Kennedy Space Center Mm. about a year ago, and we saw a shuttle in person, (gasps) one of the retired shuttles. And it, mm-hmm. it'll give you chills. It's so amazing. And after that, Riley Blake had asked if I could make something with their NASA fabric for Quilt Market. And so I thought, of course, of the space shuttle. Mm-hmm. And then when I was making it and kind of posting about it here and there on Instagram or my blog or posting pictures of the fabric, um, someone contacted me and asked where they could find the fabric because it came around, we kind of messaged back and forth, and it mm-hmm. came out that she worked at NASA on the shuttle program.
0: Oh, my goodness.
7: And her dad and her grandpa mm-hmm. had retired from NASA. Uh. And so they worked there, whichever programs were before that probably, mm-hmm. On so it's kind of a generational thing. Mm -hmm. And she had worked on all of the the launches, and she had made a quilt out of every shuttle launch patch. And it's somewhere on my Instagram, and I think it's on my blog. I posted a picture of it. But it's so amazing. She has one picture where she and some friends are holding it, and it's at one of the
0: launches, and the space shuttle is launching in the background. Oh, it's just – it is amazing. You know, like, wow, somebody – somebody had all those patches and was available and able to go out and do something like that and then you get right. to meet them right <laughs> like... yeah Where does she does she live in you live in texas right i live in california she lives oh. in florida but if okay. we ever
7: go back we are going to meet for lunch yeah. and her name is vicky hi,
0: her vicky. name is vicky hi <laughs> vicky vicky we're talking about you I don't know why I it's thought you were in Texas. Um, that's okay. <laughs> it's just so amazing to then actually sort of
7: meet someone online, but who had one of her jobs was inspecting tiles on the, one of the space shuttles. Yeah. So
0: we have a space shuttle so here at the museum. The Udvar is out, right? I mean, literally 10 minutes from my house, um, has the space shuttle it's in am- it. They're amazing. Yeah, it is. It gives me chills every time I go in, like you said. They're yeah. just gorgeous, gorgeous. So is your son now like totally into space?
7: Yes. He's he's very into science and space
0: and all of that. So yeah, he was he was really fascinated about that story. So did he has he claimed this quilt if it ever comes back to you, like so Riley yeah. Blake still have it? <laughs> That's um it came back to me, and I'm getting ready
7: to send it off for um yeah. that quarter shop wanted to take some pictures to put on their website, but yeah. he definitely has take the claim on it
0: yeah. So, yeah well when when you do oh i found the I found the picture of and I'll put a link everybody so you can see the picture of the of the the patch quilt that that Vicky did that um Kelly has on her website, so Kelly, tell me how you approach you know just when you approach a design like this, that has multiple blocks, and it's sort of a sampler-ish, but is an image. How do you approach designing that? I kind of
7: start with just a grid, like mm-hmm. a graph paper grid. I do it on the computer, so it's easier. But, and I just kind of start adding lines here and there, kind of get the outline first. And then that usually goes through several transformations until it morphs into <laughs> something that looks remotely like what I'm trying to make it look like <laughs> and then after I kind of get the shape down then I kind of start trying to fill it in like where can I add like different blocks because when I first started doing large items kind of large image quilts mm-hmm. I didn't I didn't start putting blocks into them but once I discovered that it's kind of fun to try to hide blocks here and there yeah. inside the picture yeah.
0: It's like a puzzle then.
7: Yeah, so they kind of morphed into being a sampler, kind of. Mm-hmm.
0: How many different sizes are in the space shuttle one? Do you even know? How many different size blocks? Um, like two or three or you know, Yeah, sizes. I
7: don't really know. I kind of just yeah. try to fill it in
2: Mm-hmm. and like well, so
7: anywhere and then kind of make it where – then you have to make it where it can separate easily into <laughs> – Larger blocks, but so then you kind
2: of have to move
0: things around, to make it. because mm-hmm. yeah, it's not totally packed with blocks, so it showcases the fabric. um right. The body is white, you know, and one of the prints is a white base. So, right. uh, you know, there's little images flow or the spacemen, I think, the spa- astronauts, yeah. spacemen, the astronauts, right? Yeah. Yeah. It is just just a neat idea to do. I think, Kelly, one of your first quilts that I saw was, it's like a, a, sa- a sampler, like little blocks made into a chevron. Like the layout for the little blocks is a chevron.
7: Yeah. That was the first sampler I kind of did.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And they're they're four-inch blocks. Oh. <laughs> that's, that's tiny, sense. Kelly. That's, that's but it's tiny so block. fun. That's so fun. <laughs> so when you the name of the uh riley blake fabric the nasa uh branded fabric is called out of this world and kelly i'm running a a year-long block of the month called out of this world and i had named it and come up with a space theme all before i walked around that corner in october or november whatever it was and saw your quilt and i was like i didn't know this it's like it's like there's other space stuff going on this year this is so cool um I think it's
7: interesting how sometimes they do fabric and those kind of things way ahead too, and then sometimes mm -hmm. they'll several with the same theme will come out at once. Yeah,
0: It's interesting how it it is, and it happens over. Yeah, it happens over and over again. You just all of a sudden everybody's doing watermelons or whatever it is. You know, it's like (laughs) yeah. So you also are doing another project that people are, are sewing along with you for the Harry Potter quilt. Um, I yeah. believe that. Now is that one done in all solids?
7: Yeah, it's done in all solids. But then some people are using their stash or scraps or adding prints, and so you can do it in print. But it's all kind of adapted. From some of the characters are adapted from pixelated images and then some of them I just drew like some other blocks to go in it but um, it's one one block a week every Saturday 20 blocks and they'll Mm -hmm. all be on my blog forever so if anyone ever wants to go back or if you want to make one um, someone made one block into a pillow it looked really cute
0: Oh. so what inspired are you personally a Harry Potter fan?
7: um A little bit, but my son had just read the whole series, Mm -hmm. and then I had done two (laughs) sew-alongs before. When he was nine, he was really into Minecraft, so I made him a Minecraft quilt. Uh And then I was posting them on my blog, and I didn't think it would take off as much Mm -hmm. as it did, but it became like a huge sew-along, and then after that one finished, then he thought it would be fun if I made a Pokemon quilt, so I did that, and then... After that, some people were asking for a Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. Well, and then he had just read the whole series, watched all the movies, so <laughs> now we're doing that. <laughs> he he won't he won't be cold in college.
0: <laughs> no, <laughs> not at all. <laughs> so did he help you come up with the images that would that you're portraying in the Harry Potter?
7: Um, not the Harry Potter one. He did some for the. The Minecraft quilt and the Pokemon quilt. But he didn't really do any for the Harry Potter
0: quilt. So how did you decide then which images you wanted to feature? I think just the things that stuck out in my mind from the
7: the books and the movie. I wanted to put um, Harry's glasses mm-hmm. and the purple night bus. I thought that would be fun.
0: Yeah, it's the amazing, the bus. car
7: and the tree. <laughs> The car and the tree, the Wamping Willow, is the hardest block to put together. Uh, but, yeah. <laughs> but I really
0: wanted that in there because that's kind of a fun scene from yeah. the movies and everything. Well, you know, you have um, – the one that's there today is the sword, I think. The, uh, yeah, think? the wand, the magic wand. The wand, yeah, sorry. <laughs> I was like, I knew that's that okay. wasn't the right <laughs> word. <laughs> <laughs> sorry Harry I got the, the, couldn't get the wrong right word to come up the <laughs> wand uh, but I love uh, you, tell me how, why you designed it the way you did
7: I think because it just it looked knobby to me
2: mm-hmm. or
7: when you're reading you kind of think you know not all the wands are just going to be straight sticks and then in the movies and then we had seen them when we went to Florida we went to the Harry Potter world at um, Universal Mhm. and all the wands look different, and they all, you know, are kind of carved. And so I just didn't want it to look like a straight stick. Mm-hmm. And then I try to keep them where anybody can do it if you can sew a straight seam. So nothing's curved and nothing's y seam. so it's all just clip and flip straight seam.
0: Yeah, so they're rectangles and squares where then if you have the angle, you're doing sew and flip. So it's... Right. Yeah. yeah, so it's all, it's all pretty easy and straightforward. How big are the blocks? They're 18-inch blocks. Yeah. yeah, so you need that space to yeah. be able to get your design in there. <laughs> yeah, so it'll make a twin-size quilt. Yeah. Well, Kelly, this has been – I am so glad you were able to come back on and bring us up Thanks to date on all these fun things. You do amazing work. Well, thank you, and thank you for having me. Yeah, so everybody can visit Kelly, at Kelly with an I, K-E-L-L-I, com. And, of course, the link's on my site and at American Patchwork's website for the podcast page. Thank you, Kelly. Thank you, Pat. So I'm Pat Sloan for American Patchwork and Quilting's podcast. Visit me online. Come to my quilting neighborhood at Quilt Along with Pat Sloan and check out the magazine's uh, ufo group they have a ufo group for american patchwork and quilting magazine and we will catch up with you next time with a whole new topic and a whole new set of guests and in the meantime everybody keep sewing and quilting and check out all the guests that were from today and the last oh, seven years see you next time Hi all and thanks for listening if you love the american patchwork and quilting podcast please subscribe on itunes or your favorite podcast app and don't forget to rate and review the show it helps other quilters find us have a creative week